Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome to this podcast edition of A Look at the Book. As we begin another week of study, we want to look at a five-hour series on CDs that will help you to understand who the Palestinian people are today. The title of this series, Esau and the Palestinians. You need to understand so that your worldview will be better in focus as it relates to Bible prophecy and current events. Esau and the Palestinians is a study that will enhance that understanding of why things are going on in the Middle East, even as we speak to you right now. If you would take a few moments now and listen at the conclusion of this study, I'll tell you how you can get the entire study of Esau and the Palestinians, a five-hour study on CDs. I'll be back in a moment to tell you that, but now let's listen to the study. Turn with me, if you will, to the 36th chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 36. Our theme verse for our studies together this week would be Romans chapter 9 and verse 13, where it says, And it is written, Jacob I love, Esau I hate. That is the foundation for understanding our study number one, but number two, understanding the situation in the Middle East at this present time in history. I believe by the time we conclude our study in our fifth session together, we'll come to an understanding of why the events are happening and unfolding in our world, but it will also give us evidence then of how close we are to that period of time known as the tribulation period when the rapture of the church takes place and Jesus Christ comes back to get us after the seven years of our marriage activities in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ then he comes back for the second coming and the battle of Armageddon and then the millennial kingdom will be set up. Again, I set up these three mic stands to represent those three main events in God's calendar of activities in the future. I put them up here as a simple illustration, a teaching tool to assist us in understanding chronologically how everything unfolds. 6,000 years ago, God creates man. 4,000 years after that, Jesus comes. 2,000 years after the ascension into the heavenlies of Christ, the next event represented by this first mic stand, the rapture of the church. After that, the seven-year period of time called the tribulation period. Then the second coming or the revelation of Jesus Christ when he comes back to the earth. The thousand-year millennial kingdom. And then after the great white throne judgment, eternity, future, new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. And so we are wanting to know what the activities just prior to this next event, the rapture of the church, would say to us as it relates to the time in which we are thinking. And then uh, uh, Romans 9, verse 13, Jacob I love, Esau I hate, will help us to better understand that as we study. Now we took it through Romans 9, 10, and 11 this morning, and that was the thinking of Israel past, Israel present, Israel future. Romans chapter 9, the recruitment of the Jewish people or the nation of Israel. Romans chapter 10, their rejection of Messiah Jesus. And Romans chapter 11, their restoration. Though they rejected, they have not been done away with. God forbid, Paul says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. 
and they will have a program reinstituted for them in the future. We then talked about the delivery or the birth of these two sons of Rebecca and Isaac, and within her womb they started to struggle. A foretaste, a prerequisite of what was going to be happening in the future. During that time, God spoke to both Rebekah and Isaac and said that there would be two nations come from these two sons, these twin sons that would be born, and that uh, the elder would serve the younger. That was set out. So it wasn't truly deception in the 27th chapter of the book of Genesis when um, Jacob, with the help of his mother Rebekah, deceived his father Isaac and received the blessing. He had already qualified for receiving the blessing when he was traded the birthright, the firstborn responsibilities from Esau when Esau, of course, was hungry and Jacob gives him the bowl of pottage and he exchanges his birthright for that. We saw then the departure of these two brothers. Actually, there was an early departure by Jacob because Esau said, I hate Jacob, and as soon as the morning for my father's death is over, I'm going to kill Jacob. Rebekah said, you better go see my brother, Uncle Laban. He lives up in Haran, which is modern-day Turkey. So Jacob goes up there. You know the story. Gets him two wives, uh, Leah, and then he gets Rachel, the one he really wanted. After, by the way, up there, outside of the promised land, 11 of the... Twelve sons of Jacob were born. It's very interesting to note that of the twelve tribes of Israel, eleven of them were born outside of the promised land. Only Benjamin and Rachel, who was Benjamin's mother, dying in childbirth, is buried near Bethlehem. Rachel has Benjamin, the last of the twelve, the only one born in the promised land. But now Jacob eventually is going to come back to the 32nd chapter of the book of Genesis. Jacob on his way back stops to the Jabbok River, which is in modern-day Jordan. There he has his, a wrestling match all night with Jesus Christ. At the end of that wrestling match, Jesus Christ changes his name. That was one of the pre-incarnate appearances of Jesus Christ. So many of them throughout the entire Old Testament. We've just done a television series for our Day of Discovery program. Marty Hahn and I interviewed Menno Kalashir, the young man that I brought in to be the pastor of the church that we established in Jerusalem back in 1991. He's done a study on the appearances of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It's an unbelievable study. These men who came to belief were ones that had confrontation face-to-face -face with Jesus Christ. Many of them did it anyway. And Jacob was one of them. He wrestles all night. Jesus touches his thigh. And the reason he touched his thigh of two purposes. Number one, that's the strongest muscle in your body. That thigh muscle is ten times stronger than any muscle you have in your body. So the Lord went for his strongest muscle in his body. Number two, to give him a permanent limp to remind him that God is still in charge and God will do what needs to be done. His name is changed to Israel. He comes back into the land. Esau allows him to come back into the land as Jacob sends uh, many gifts to him. They're there in the land. Their cattle becomes so excessive on both families, they're not able to share the space in what is modern-day Israel. 
And so God allows, chapter 37 of Genesis, verse 1, God allows Jacob to stay. Chapter 36, he sends Esau out of the land. Look with me again, 36th chapter of the book of Genesis, just for a moment. Rehearsing what I just said, verse 7, For their riches were more than that they might dwell together, and the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in Mount Seir. Now, I, I just, I, I'm not an artist, but I, I, tried, I wanted to try to give you a little idea of the geog geography of uh, what we know as the state of, of Israel and some of the surrounding lands. This is the Mediterranean over here. Uh, this would be the coastline, the western coastline or the Mediterranean coastline of modern-day Israel. This would be Jerusalem right here, just about 20 miles up from the Dead Sea. This location right here is Petra, which is going to be the center of our discussion right here. Now, the, this would be the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, going into the Dead Sea, coming down from the north. These would be the four mountain ranges that come down from uh, Mount Hermon up in the top. This would be the area of Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is not one single mountain. It's the highest mountain in the state of Israel. It's over 9,000 feet high, but it is a mountain range. Here is Caesarea Philippi. Here's where the Mount of Transfiguration was and where Jesus Christ was transformed from in front of uh, Peter, James, and John. And then from there you have the Golden Heights. The Golden Heights which is, in, in the Hebrew, the word golden is used four times in the, in the Old Testament. And the word for golden is Bashan, B-A-S-H-A-N, used 53 times in the Old Testament. It's the location. Remember when the children of Israel came into the Promised Land, there were two and a half tribes that did not come into the Promised Land. They did come in, fight the battles, but they weren't going to take up residency there. Anybody tell me who they were? Reuben's one, Gad's the other, Don, you know him pretty well. Anybody else know him in here? <laughs> Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The half-tribe of Manasseh, uh, they were such a powerful fighting force that take only a half-tribe. They were going to go into the area of the Golden Heights or Bashan. Uh, the king of Og was up here, and they were going to go up and take over this area of Bashan. And then this is Gilead, the mountain range of Gilead. Elijah came from Gilead. And here Gad would take over this area, this mountain range, on the eastern shore of the Jordan River. And then this mountain range would be the mountain range of Moab. Reuben would take over this. And the lower mountain range would be Edom. So when you study in the Bible, it's, it's important to understand geographically where you're talking about. This would be Mount Hermon. This would be the Golden Heights or mountains of Bashan. This would be mountains of Gilead. This would be mountains of Moab. And this would be the mountains of Edom. Now, in Edom, you have Petra, which is the central location where, and this was known as Mount Seir at the time that Esau, the Edomites, are going to go in to what is the lower third of modern-day Jordan. And so these three mountain ranges would be in Jordan, Syria, the Golden Heights. You've heard what's going on as far as the Golden Heights are concerned, and Mount Hermon. What's so interesting, I just throw this into you, the melting snows up here and the 
the springs up here, the underground springs, is what gives all the water for the Sea of uh, the Jordan River, the Sea of Galilee, and the Dead Sea. It's ludicrous to consider giving away the Golan Heights and Mount Hermon to your number one enemy as far as uh, your people living on your border are concerned. Anyway, that's where uh, Esau is going to go to the Mount Seir mountain range. Now, having said that, thank you so very much for joining us as we've studied together Esau and the Palestinians. Now, the entire study is a five-hour study. It's on CD, it's in audio, and it is available to you. If you call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298, that's a toll-free number from all across America, you can order your copy of Esau and the Palestinians. We trace from Esau all the way to the Palestinian people of today, and we show you in God's prophetic word what is going to be the scenario for the last days as it relates to the Palestinian and the Jewish people. That series, again, Esau and the Palestinians, a five-hour audio study on CD. Call that toll-free number, 877-674-3298, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and you'll be able to order your copy of Esau and the Palestinians. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for listening to this podcast and our study about the Palestinian people and how they come from their ancient descendant Esau. Remember, Jesus Christ is coming, and it could be today. So let's keep looking up until...